0: So here's the problem. We got into yoga for peace and tranquility and then tried to make it our livelihood and lifestyle. We became students, teachers, studio owners, or retreat center builders. Then we realized it's still not that easy. Welcome to dharma with Hargobind. I'm your host. Here, I'll share the systems, tools, tips, and stories to bring the lessons of yoga into our chaotic lives. What's up, guys? Welcome to day number five on the Retreat Wizard Challenge. Um, We're going to get into uh, the, the yogic idea of samadhi from yoga sutras, uh, marketing and venues. Today's really uh, the last day that we really start to pull these things together. Plus, I'm going to share some of just the hard-earned lessons that that I've had in planning the retreats at, at, at my places and. Um, Hopefully, uh, when, if you go start to finish in whatever order that you're consuming these webinars, that you're going to be by the end of today, feeling pretty confident that, you know, the methodologies that I followed both to build my yoga retreat centers, but also the way that I try to support my, uh, yoga retreat leaders in, uh, producing, uh, life-changing epic events for themselves. So, um, First thing that we're getting into is this concept of samadhi and why i like samadhi and i like yoga sutras is because it's a methodology that there's eight limbs of the yoga and i used to think uh, in my practice that like if i just did the first seven limbs uh really good samadhi would just happen um and i i unfortunately um uh, like to tell everybody that i'm enlightened but um if i'm being very honest I I don't think um, it's happened yet. (laughs) But this idea that you do things the right way and you come to this place of samadhi of absolute bliss and tranquility and happiness and enlightenment, uh, I do think that if you follow these methods that I'm sharing with you, you're going to get to this place of Of happiness and joy and liberation in the planning of your yoga retreats and so the argument that i'm going to make to you is that if you follow the methodology you do it the right way that you give yourself the best chance possible to succeed and and if we're to call it samadhi we use it as samadhi okay in yoga sutras uh, we talk about the removal of these samskaras is to be done in uh, in the same as destruction of the kleshas or the obstacles. Then we will follow samadhi, which is freedom from afflictions and karmas. So basically, you solve the problem for your customer. You 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 do things the right way. You remove the samskaras. You remove the obstacles, and and all this stuff really works out for the better for you. And that's ultimately what we're what we're trying to accomplish here with our yoga retreats. Now, my biggest question for you, so we've spent a lot of time uh, before in organizing um, in, in organizing uh, uh, your actual sales page and your event. The, my biggest question to you is what's your pipeline going to be to put people in towards looking at your event? So if you have clarity on what your pipeline is, it's so much easier for you to sell your event because you know exactly where your customers are coming from. Pipelines that I've seen work is your yoga class, like people that you're teaching to on a regular basis. I've seen YouTubers who are putting content out there on a regular basis and then attracting people into their more higher ticket experiences. I've had podcasters, people publishing ebooks, people with large newsletters, people that do webinars on a regular basis, whether that's teaching yoga online or some type of challenge like this. I've had big Instagram influencers come through, people who have succeeded on TikTok. Ton, my number one most successful customers are definitely people with uh, yoga studios, and uh, and then again, whoever if you have a regular clientele base that's paying you a hundred bucks a month, twenty bucks a month, fifty bucks a month, five hundred bucks a month, it becomes very easy for you to offer them something that's a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, three thousand, five thousand dollars. So that gets dramatically easier. Um, yesterday, we talked about the sales page. What we're going to do with all our content from the sales page is then distribute this information through our pipeline. So if you did your video, that's then going to go into YouTube. That's going to go into Instagram. That's going to go into your reel. If you uh, did the hook story offer, that becomes the text for the long form Facebook post. That becomes repurposed for your Instagram. Instagram stuff. When you're putting that into the description, when you talk about the benefits, you can create a little picture with strike through of 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 or the bonuses, and then you strike through the bonuses as they get eliminated to create some urgency. So the content that you put onto the sales page should show up directly into these other channels and these other pipelines that you've created. So if you write a, a nice story with a video, that then goes right into your newsletter. So you're repurposing the content in a way that's going to be usable in the way other people want to consume it. Um, really, there's only two parts to this whole thing. It's it's the offer that you've created, which is your yoga retreat, and then what you're going to do to attract the eyeballs to the offer. In our challenge here today, we spent a ton of time creating your offer. Now from here on out, I want you to focus on using uh, eyeballs on a daily basis so that you're 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 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, an hour a day consciously creating valuable information for your ideal avatar customer to consume eyeballs. And so when you're doing business, Here, you want to just be thinking about create an epic offer, get the eyeballs to it. So how to attract the attendees? Offer is the pie. Is another way that I think about it. And marketing is the crumbs. And we think of marketing, unfortunately, it's gotten sort of a sleazy reputation because you know people are overhyping and overselling stuff. Don't do that. But what you want to do is have your marketing be like teaching so that you're sharing valuable stuff, whether it's you know, tips on your handstand or tips on your backbend or tips on meditation or tips on sleeping or any of these things that can then lead people back to your offer. So you're dropping little breadcrumbs every day where you're saying, okay, like these are my three these are my three suggestions for how to improve your sleep. If you want more information like this, I want you to come on my yoga retreat where we're going to do yoga nidra and sound bath and and massage and just really give you some of the best sleep of your life so that you're using the breadcrumbs to then attract people to the loaf of bread. Okay, that's how that's the best way to do marketing and it keeps you in a very serviceful, good energy place. All right. So the biggest opportunity that I see people overlooking on their retreats is is is. They're thinking about their retreat as a one night stand, that it's like we're going to connect with these people over the week and then they're going to go home and we're never going to see them again. That's a huge miss of your opportunity. I had one retreat that I did, in fact, back in August or in April, where I sold thirty thousand dollars worth of retreat spots. And then in my offer that came next, I sold $28,000 worth of stuff. So I almost doubled my revenue by having a next thing for them to purchase. There's a a marketing legend, his name's Dan Kennedy. He says uh, in, in not so many words, customers continue to buy from you until one of two things happen. One, you run out of things to sell or two, you break their trust. So you break their trust by selling them something that they don't really want, that they don't really like or is not very good. Just don't ever do that, be in high integrity. But do the first thing. We never run out of things for them to do if they want to do them with you. The worst thing you can do is take someone on your retreat, have an epic positive experience for them, and then they go home and you don't have any. They don't have anything else positive for them to do. This happened to me one time, and it just it, it was like it made me feel so bad because right before COVID. So then he comes on my retreat, we go to the new year's retreat and she was like, that was the most epic retreat I've ever been on. But then I went home, I went to Seattle and it rained on me for two months straight. So I thought, okay, I'll wait for spring. And when spring comes around, I'll start to get out and get back onto my good habits. And then COVID hit and COVID closed my yoga studio and it forced me to work from home. And it turned into the worst year of my life partially because it started out so good, but there was nothing for me to look forward to or do. And so it just made me so sad. And I thought, hmm, Hargavan, you should do better. You should have something for people to participate in and 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 engage with you year round. And so here's some ideas um for you, so yeah, never, never break your trust. Never run out of things to sell. So next things could be like a six-month continuity program. It could be a next retreat. It could be an annual membership. It could be a follow-up program, an online course. One thought that I usually have is if they pay 2K for your retreat, a third of those people 2K is probably nothing. They're probably ready to spend 7K. A third of those people, it's probably a ton of money, and a third of those people probably uh, it's a real stretch. So, so having an offer that is going to meet some percentage of that group is 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 valuable. Um, then, okay. So, so having a next thing sort of ensures that you're never gonna let those people down. And even if it's like a free webinar that you do, one of the most powerful things that we've started doing on our retreats is what's called the Casa Oms Momentum Program. And I just linked up with um, one of my coaches, his name is Amrit Singh, and he does uh, a continuity program. And so this is now available to anyone that pot passes through Casa Oms, whether it's Potomac or Mexico, that if they have found some positive change that they've gone through. He's a guy that I hand people off to, where they can then continue the positive work that they've done, and he's there to support them. Again, I'm too busy. I I I've got too many things going on for for me to zero in on this particular opportunity, but I did want something in place where I could hand my clients off to them and I know that they're in good hands and, and, and can, he can help them stay in that sort of positive momentum place. Now coming down to venues. Okay. So venues, ah, man can really ruin your experience. Um, You need to look at the venue that you're working with as your partner. They are really your business partner in this endeavor. A venue can absolutely ruin you. So you... Your clients are trusting you to take them to somewhere where they're going to be cared for. So you better really like the people operating the venue that you're working with. They should help you. And you should, you should manage them. I say bribe your hosts nothing is more powerful than showing up with chocolates and handing them to the waiters and the cooks and and the 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 managers and just deciding that it's like okay we're going to manage up we're going to manage sideways we're going to manage down and the more that you manage these people around you the the greater help they're going to provide but the most important thing is definitely work with venues that are familiar with running yoga retreats in some of our first retreats like we hired like a you know a, a a place in Tulum and they ran a bar. And so every day at five o'clock, all these people were coming and getting totally wasted. And even our clients started drinking heavily. And it was like, ooh, that's just not the vibe that we wanted to create in our venues. Another time in Teposlan, I rented a space and the guy just never finished the construction. So he had promised me construction was going to be done. Frankly, Don't ever rent a venue where the construction isn't done. It's just too much of a risk. Too many things can go wrong in construction. Like there's so many good yoga venues now. Just don't even mess with it. If the construction isn't done, don't do it. Cause, cause so many problems can come up for you. So go to the space, walk through the space. Frankly, I highly encourage that you go participate in a retreat at the venue before you rent the venue, because one, it's going to be so much fun. Two, you're going to see exactly how to do it. Three, you're going to be able to determine if you can trust these people. And four, you can generate so much good marketing material from your retreat, which you can then use to plan your retreat. Um, All important things when picking a venue. Um, here's Casa Om um in Mexico. Um, we've been working on that venue for about ten years. Um, here's what we offer there. So it's just a very clear offer stack of what we're doing. It's a beach yoga retreat center built by yoga people for yoga people. Eleven bed, eleven bath, massage room, yoga room, pool, beach. It's got a rooftop palapa, vegetarian kitchen. It's got a super accessible location, Wi-Fi, and lots of fun things to do. Pictures of the rooms. Casa Potomac, similar build out, private yoga mansion, 12 bedrooms, 14 bath, massage, state of the art, hot yoga, pool, hot tub, caves, 63 acres, Potomac River access, vegetarian kitchen, bonfire area, just 90 miles to Washington, D.C. Now we've got steps to the river. um, So it's super river accessible. Um, Here's just some general advice that I couldn't really fit into the rest of the course, but I wanted to share with you. Because uh, it's so important. Think of it like a baby. Plan this nine months to a year out. Give yourself plenty of time to get into this because it, it'll just take so much stress off if that's your time frame mindset. Some people do do shorter, and you can even do longer—eighteen months out. But but give yourself minimum nine months. Um, I'm a big. Uh, I always encourage you to have people in place already before you give someone like me your deposits. The worst thing I ever, worst position I ever get myself into is people hand me a deposit and then don't follow through. All of my deposits are non-refundable, non-transferable because I just want to work with people that are of that level of professionalism, that they just, this is what they do. They know it's going to succeed. There's no turning back. And yeah, if things come up, up, I'm super reasonable, but I set that boundary where I'm just like, guys, like, if you're not there, ha, like, you know, go test your methods, you know, uh, somewhere else. And then when you're ready for showtime, come, come work with me. Um that just keeps uh, a high level of professionalism because if, I, if I'm more fluid with my deposits, then it encourages people to waste their time. And, and this is the, one of those moments where it's commit to the process, commit to your success, and then just go get your success. Um, market every day. That's a huge one that that just the Marie Kondo basic idea of touch all of your possessions daily, eliminate things in your life that are not high energy and things that you totally love. Your retreat should be something that you totally love and care for every day. Dates. OK, people ask me all the time, when is the best time to do a retreat? The single best time to do a retreat is New Year's. I've just seen New Year's work for so many people all across the globe. The second best time is whenever you want. And the reason that I say the second best time is whenever you want is because there's a problem with every other date. there's a problem with going back to school. there's a problem with Easter for Christians. there's a problem with there's a problem with you know, the first couple of weeks of, of December for 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 Hanukkah. there's a problem with Thanksgiving. there's a problem with it's too cold, there's a problem with the summer it's too hot. But ultimately, if you're not Christian, if you don't celebrate Hanukkah, if if you don't have kids going back to school, if, if you don't want to do Valentine's Day with a partner, or you do want to do Valentine's Day with a partner, ultimately, we're all attracting people into our world that are similar to us. And when we're attracting those people that are similar to us, they're going to like the dates that we pick. So ultimately, you want to pick something that this is your time that you want to go to Costa Rica. This is your time you want to go to Morocco. This is your time you want to go to Bali. And so long as you pick something that you totally love and you know that those avatar that you're selling to can also come at that time, you're going to you're going to do well with the dates that you pick. Having extreme clarity on avatar is also going to guide you to when your best dates are. If your avatar is couples wanting to learn massage and better ways to connect, yeah, Valentine's Day would probably be amazing. If you're selling to moms with two kids and they're they're you know high performing you know people, probably you shouldn't pick a back to school date. That's probably not going to be something that they like. So high clarity on the avatar directly determines what dates you should pick for your retreats. All right, places that I recommend. Obviously, my place, Costom, Costom Potomac if you're in Virginia area, I, I do like this place, Seven Oaks in Mexico. Uh, a lot of my clients go back and forth between Casa Om and this place called Zinalani just outside Puerto Vallerta. I just got back from Vida Asana in Costa Rica. I had a really good experience there up in Nosara. I helped plan a Kirtan retreat with Sonatum Carr at this place called Blue Spirit. Bali is just one of the best returns on your money anywhere in the world. You just get such high quality venues at such reasonable prices if you're american just keep in mind it's far and and that can be a major inhibitor iceland is booming in terms of retreats portugal is booming in terms of retreats greece is extremely expensive uh just did uh, a, a retreat there in greece and it you just got to charge a ton of money if you're going to do Greece, but it's epic and it's beautiful. It's amazing. I spent a week in Mazunte earlier in the year. Mazunte is sort of like a hippie town in the the, uh, Oaxaca, which is uh, Southwest of Mexico city. It's an amazing, amazing town. Um, Super, super fun place that, that has a lot of yoga places. I've done a lot of work in Joshua Tree, California. Uh, if you wanna do India, Rishikesh is a good place to start. I did an India tour. Uh, I did Rishikesh, uh, Rishikesh Delhi, uh, Amritsar, Dudamsala, down to back to Taj Mahal and then down at Taj Mahal and, and finished in Agra. So I did like a North India tour that went really well. That was about a 14 day experience. Ultimately, if you know a place coming back to Hero's Journey that you've had a positive impact or that you that that has had a positive impact on you, that ultimately is the opportunity for a journey to take other people on in their yoga retreats. Um, Yeah couple things on running your retreats. I hated running my first 10 or 15 retreats because I was just so stressed out and it just wasn't fun. One of the big lessons that I learned to just make it fun for myself was use more local resources. Don't feel that you have to fly in for additional teachers. Like everywhere you go at this point, connect into the community for chefs, for additional yoga teachers, for body workers, for guides and excursions. And the more that you start to cultivate your networks and your people, the less stress and more fun you're going to have. I always encourage everybody to get body work on their class, uh, on their retreats. Try to be able to take some classes so you build your schedule that you can t- take your classes and ultimately trust your process and cultivate your process. That's going to put you at ease more than anything. Um now you want to keep going with me if any of this stuff that i've shared with you is helpful i want you to come to my mastermind in mexico and that's february 26th to march 4th i'm going to teach all of these concepts but i'm actually going to do these concepts with you you'll also have a chance to see my property there i'll walk you through why i built the property in the way that i did and and really if you're circling around ideas in this space it's going to give you a network to plug into and there's a whole group, there's an awesome group uh, of people signed up. It's mostly yoga uh, studio owners, but also wellness professionals or, or people in group travel. And, and this is going to be a chance for me to help you really zero in, not only on your event, but also I'm going to have people that will help you develop your podcast, people help you develop your YouTube, people help you develop your eBooks a- and start to create content around these ideas so that you can be helping people throughout the year and your retreats become your moment to gather your community. So everybody can hang out and be together. Um, so if you're free, uh, Mar- February 28th to March 4th, I want you to come to this because it's, it, it's, it's, these are my favorite events. All right. So, um, Three things for your homework today is I'd love wrote me a testimonial that would help me out a ton if you just got something out of uh, any of these workshops uh, or webinars that we did write me a little testimonial. I'll put it onto my page. Tell me what was helpful to you. And um, and, and and frankly, if you have questions on anything or I can help you further in that area, I will. Um Number two is pick a venue if you're ready, and I'm happy to talk through either my venues or other venues or venues that I've worked with, or even just what to look for if you've got something in mind, and then create your retreat upsell. So even from the beginning, I know you're thinking, oh my God, it's so overwhelming to do a retreat, but, I, but it's not. It's all perspective. And so I want you right from the beginning to think about creating your retreat and creating the upsell sell for your retreat in the same moment. That's going to keep you into this place of maximizing the energy that you've put out to create your retreat and not letting down your customers. So those are the three things I've got you for your uh homework today. And that's uh that's my that's my pitch for you um today and um I hope it was uh useful. And um, when you do this stuff up, drop it into the Facebook page and then the rest of us can take a look at it and and uh, give you give you some feedback on it. Um, I'm going to wrap up here and um, you all have an awesome day. And uh, if you have any questions or, or, or comments, please uh, drop them in, um, uh, drop them into Facebook. All right, guys. Catch you later. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, I think you'll love my book, Dharmify, a daily practice to get your mind right, your business tight, be a love light so you feel all right. It's available at amazon.com. Also, you want to learn more about Dharmify, try my course, Seven Days of Dharmify, which is available at dharmify.com. Finally, come visit me. Come see Casa Oum Potomac. Come see Casa O Mexico. I'll show you the best time. Lastly, if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with someone that you love. Please leave me a comment. Send me a note on Facebook. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you want to hear more of. I'll be sure to get you the best I possibly can. I wish you all a beautiful day. Stay Dharmified.